Yeah, we I mean, the testimonials, there. Erica with two R's, mm. which is a weird... If you if you said pick it, one letter in the name Erica to add a to double up a letter, I I don't think I would have picked the R. Erica. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And this is my friend Erica. <laughs> I don't know. See now I'm it's kind of growing on me. I think it's kind of more fun to say than just Erica. <laughs> Kind of with the extra R. (laughs) That's great to meet you, Erica. Right? Way more fun. This is why, with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. I would like to take you on a strange journey. How strange was it? How did you guys discover the movie? Don, do you want to go first? Um, sure. I was in high school in drama, and um, we had just finished a play, and a good friend of mine said, hey, let's all go see Rocky Horror. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, oh, you'll love it. So we all piled in a car and went to a midnight showing. And the minute I stepped in the theater, I was like, I need to be a part of this. <laughs> what was it about it that, that sucked you in? What was it? Of the... um, it was just the atmosphere. Everybody was dressed up and singing and dancing. And there was a girl in sequins and I'm like, I want to be her, (laughs) you know? And it was just, it it was so overwhelming and fascinating all at the same time. And was the stage show part of this? Yes. Screening? Yeah. Okay. And this was back in probably 84 or 85, just to give you a bit of a timeline. Okay. And you all three um, have been involved in the stage show. Yes. Correct. Because yeah. Sean, you're the, you're the only one that's currently doing the show, correct? Yeah, the uh, of the three of us, yes. Who do you usually play in the show? Uh, the two big ones that I go back and forth between are usually either the criminologist or uh, or riffraff. In fact, I'm going to be riffraff in the uh, show that's coming up uh, this uh, Saturday. Nice. Riffraff's my favorite. Suck up. Um, (laughs) no he is my favorite that's who i'd want to (laughs) be can you explain i've been to a screening of the film um but i have not seen the stage show kind of that goes along with the screening can you explain what what that is well i guess to start there should be a little bit of a differentiation between the stage show the movie and what it is that we do which is what what we call shadow casting okay so uh, generally, when people speak of the stage show, they're talking about like a professional or semi-professional production of the Rocky Horror Show, which is the play that begot the movie, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And then uh, shadow casting is when you have the movie playing, but then you also have live actors acting out the action of the movie alongside it. Okay. How I got involved is uh, I grew up in uh, uh, Pasadena, California, 
And in the neighboring town of South Pasadena, there was this uh, one screen theater that was always announcing the whatever art house flick was showing that week, plus Rocky Horror Saturday at midnight. And uh, one night I showed up and I uh, had a look at it and uh, I said, I like this. I find this interesting and I would like to be a part of it. And uh, I initially volunteered when they said that they wanted someone to do lights. I spent uh, one week learning the lights routines only to say, you know what? We, we don't need someone for lights. Sorry, but you can stay for free tonight. And then suddenly, Oh wait, we need someone for props. Can you do props? It's like, sure. (laughs) And that ended up starting a career off and on that, uh, uh, wow. I've been doing this for around about 20 years. Wow. And is it every Saturday night? Uh, back in those days, it used to be every Saturday night. Um, that theater, unfortunately, no longer plays Rocky. It's still around. Actually, it's now it's owned by a Baptist church. Make of that what you will. Um, and here in and here in uh, Phoenix, uh, I go. Uh, I perform at uh, Film Bar. It's once a month. So Luke's earlier question, you know, this whole concept of the shadow casting, do any of you know sort of where the origins of that came from and how that part of it began? Um, I actually do. Uh, I don't know the exact perfect story, but I know it started in New York. Um, I believe it was 8th Street Playhouse or somewhere near there. And um, they had been showing the movie and just noticing that people were showing up all the time. And it kept going and kept going. And then people started showing up in costume. (laughs) And then one night uh, when the crim says, you know, I would like to take you on a strange journey, somebody screamed (laughs) out, how strange was it? And then the next week, everybody screamed out, how strange was it? And before you knew it, they were making up lines for the whole thing, and then people were getting up and doing the dances, and it just kind of Amazing. evolved from there. I started before I even knew before I even saw Rocky. I started shadow casting for a movie called Repo: The Genetic yes. Opera mm-hmm. that had come out literally uh, like a year or two before, like actually released, which was this four wall release because there was some weird thing with distribution and. Uh, Phoenix was one of the first uh, places that uh, wanted to do a shadow cast of it. And actually it is the first state, the first Phoenix, the first city that had the rights first to do a shadow cast for that show. Hmm. What do you think of Rocky Horror when you finally saw it? Um, Rocky Horror, the actual movie, when I finally saw that first, I was just like, it's kind of <laughs> cheesy, you know, it's not the greatest. Um, but when we actually did the, when I actually saw the actual show and I, weirdly enough, um, it was a specific special show. It was the one I, the first one I saw, it was this uh, adults only <laughs> show where they actually went a little bit more with the nudity and everything. Uh so this show was like an adult, like a more adult version of it. It was just, it, it was an interesting shock to be a first time, but 
uh, I thought it was really fun. And eventually I just uh, started to uh, be involved. And actually that's where I met uh, Dawn was, uh, was currently my girlfriend of almost like pretty much nine years now. For all of you, what did your friends and family think of this obsession? I mean, like my dad growing up for me, going to see movies all the time. My dad always said he only went to three movies growing up, Ben-Hur and The Sound of Music twice. Did your friends and family get it? What, why you kept going back to this film and, and kept doing the shadow casting and, and all of this? Mm. <laughs> My mom, I mean, like I said, I was a teenager when I started mm -hmm. and she didn't really understand the obsession because, I mean, I was going Friday and Saturday every week. That's dedication. And she ended up showing up at a show one night, and you know right. how raunchy it can get. Right. And um, I was so embarrassed that she showed up, but the next day she said, well, at least you're not out doing drugs and getting pregnant. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at the, the no. people that come to the shows, do they – fit into a particular demographic? Is it a new generation of college students? Is it all people sort of our ages who, you know, were there years ago and still going? Is it a mixture? I'd say it's a good mix just based on the people that, you know, uh, for the current venue I'm going in, obviously it's a bar. So you're going to get people who are like 21 and over. Um, Technically, I think they do allow 18-year-olds with, with an adult. But, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's, a, it's a good mixture. We get, we get people from all over the map, so to speak. There's a, um, that's awesome. Yeah. And much like our, our, one of the questions we asked our friend the nudist today, do you ever find yourself running into people <laughs> – outside of the the rocky horror but could you recognize people <laughs> is it hard to recognize them in non-costume i depends on the yeah. part really i used to get recognized all the time but i at the time i was playing either columbia or janet which has a lot less uh, <laughs> well columbia has a lot of makeup but you know, it's not like I was Frank and had a big wig and everything. Sure. I was pretty sure. much me. <laughs> right. I was going to ask about the rules. Uh, I know the screening I went to had a very big, it made a big deal about the fact that like, okay, for this one night, we're going to let you bring in rice, which I was still picking out of my hair two days later. Um, newspapers <laughs> and squirt guns, no candles, but everything else was, was cool to bring in and throw. Is that... Is that still cool at a lot of places or are a lot of theaters cracking down on it and just being like, you, you cannot bring that stuff in here again? It's really a venue by venue thing. Uh, there are some venues that uh, don't particularly have a problem with food getting thrown. Mm -hmm. um, I know for one thing that, you know, the venue we're currently at right now, they say absolutely no rice, absolutely no toast. But they do provide popcorn, and we generally say, well, if you have to throw something, throw popcorn. <laughs> Fair enough. <used> to that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, for, for some venues, throwing food is, a, is an absolute no-no because of, uh, you know, vermin problems, bugs, rats, stuff like that. Um, no open flames is a common uh, 
is, is a common rule about that. I, I Fair every enough. time I hear I hear stories about there is this one theater in the Midwest that burned down <laughs> during a Rocky Horror because someone had a Zippo. <laughs> Have you ever found that actually happened, or is this just urban legend? Honestly, I've not cared real much. <laughs> Something's best not to know. It's like. <laughs> A lot of times, like if you want to know what is safe, it's it's usually safe that a lot of casts actually sell prop bags that have all the allowed for that venue. Uh, oh, very nice uh, stuff. So yeah, most casts you find anywhere in the world that I've found um, has like their own stuff that they sell at the show. If you want to throw something, it's available. What's in a prop bag if you can't have rice and toast? Newspaper, squirt okay. guns. Uh, newspaper and squirt guns for the rain scene. Uh, we have, uh, glow sticks for there's a light that take Mm. the place of your, of your lighter. Sure. You know, your handy dandy dollar store crackable glow stick. And, uh, let's see, there is the, there's a party hat that, uh, Frank puts on during the dinner scene. Um, uh, oh, there's a... Toilet tissue to throw when uh, you know when Scott pops up and Brad says, "Great Scott!" Everybody throws their Scott brand mm-hmm. toilet tissue. Um, and then uh, there are playing cards for uh, uh, "I'm Going Home" when 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 Frank sings out cards for sorrow, cards for pain. Everybody throws their their playing cards. So as mm-hmm. fun as it is, and all of these things are, you know, it's it's awesome. It can also be really intimidating for someone who's never been before. What advice would you give to a virgin attendee? Uh, just, just go just with go it, man. And, yeah, just try to go with it. Um, most casts, if you're uncomfortable and you say, don't touch me or don't whatever, they'll respect that. They might uh-huh. give you some shit, but <laughs> mostly just go and try to have fun, you know? Yeah. Just, just let well, loose. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was kind of the dirty little secret of of me hosting was you know if I I had you know the virgins coming on down it's like it's not like I'm gonna go out into the into the seats and hunt you down and pull you right. down no it's right. you know it's it's all volunteer even if I try to coach it and make it sound like uh, it's like well you have to do it it's like well peer right. pressure <laughs> how have the callbacks evolved over the decades. Uh, I, I, I was going to say a lot of that becomes, it all depends on, uh, uh, you know, the new, any new generation coming in and their own jokes coming in, or it could also be topical to what's around us at the moment. And regional. And regional too. So what's, yeah, the callbacks are incredibly regional. What's the regional for, for you guys? Um, where did that motorcyclist come from? South Tucson. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, you know, or South Phoenix, or jokes I, I made think... at the expense of a neighboring cast. <laughs> yep. Uh, I smell bacon. I smell grease. Holy shit! It's the Phoenix police. <laughs> you say region, but sometimes it could be as different as a different city. Because in uh, Phoenix, we call uh, Janet a slut, but in, oh, yeah. in Tucson, which is only a couple hours south of us. They call her a bitch. So because they're know, not into slut shaming. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say which one's <laughs> worse. So it's just you know, it could, Janet yeah. is a bitch. 
She really <laughs> is. If you watch her, she's like giving him side eye constantly. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's all depending on where you are and also what current events. Because, like for example, uh, if I don't know, if, I think they still do this in the valley where when they open the coffin, it's the most recent uh, celebrity that has passed away. It's their I will honor bet you, and I will. Oh boy, I will go. bet this you. Ten, week, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Da- I'm gonna date this podcast right now, but uh, I will bet you ten dollars. Someone us. will say, "Show us, uh, show us, yeah. Luke Perry." Of course, mm-hmm. of course. it's gonna happen. Yeah, but it's not. It's not supposed to be. A f- that one is not supposed to be offensive. That's literally just you know we're honoring them by putting. It no, in for church. sure. It's it's. It, I was gonna say the offensive stuff is like. When they turn around and go, this is a Jonas Brothers concert on a Tuesday. <laughs> That's the more That's offensive. Funny. <laughs> One Direction concert on a school night. You know? Yes. That yep. um, what do you? Th- uh, th- this is a line I'm I'm gonna say until the day. Uh, well, the day he's out of office, it's like, what do you think of Donald Trump? I think we can do better than that. <laughs> yeah. No, there was a record that came out in 1982 or 83 that was the soundtrack of the movie with all the callbacks on it. Yes. How much of that has changed by now? Certainly they're the standards, the tried and trues, the Margaritavilles of all that. It's, um, I would say probably maybe 50%. That much. is still the same stuff. It's been a while since I listened to the uh, to the audience participation album, but yeah, I mean, it's... it's still you know how strange was it? Right. Brad's an asshole. All that is still there, so it's still there's still quite a few of the old jokes. Do you ever get bored of the movie? Do you ever think if I have to time warp <laughs> one more time? <laughs> See for me, I help. It helps helps keep it fresh. It's like for the longest time, all I did was criminologist, and all I did was criminologist. And it's like I swear to God, if I got to put that ask on on one more time, <laughs> that's usually the point where I decide. You know what? Maybe it's time I started rehearsing a new character. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's not do the time. Um, <laughs> how about that? <laughs> I, I've done every character, so that's it becomes a little harder. Now I haven't I haven't filled out my bingo card yet just yet. I'm getting close, but not quite. Who, who remains for you? Uh ooh, let me see. Um, <laughs> Janet. Janet Janet's not one I've done Janet, yet. I be there. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm sure. It's like, yeah. I will let's, go. Let's 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 <laughs> let let's get, let's go see the three hundred pound uh already <clears throat> year old man uh See, play, uh, walk around in the you know brassiere and slip and all that. Um, oh, it's been done before. <laughs> Speaking of the podcast, well, we were bored, and sounds very familiar to our story. <laughs> I had been wanting to do a podcast for a long time, but I never really knew what to do. And then some other people said, Hey, we should maybe do a Rocky podcast. And we looked into it and there wasn't one. And, uh, so we said, well, let's do that. And then the, that was right about the time that they started talking about doing the reboot mm-hmm. that we yeah. don't talk about. I was going to ask how that, it. how that went over. With oh, I, oh, I enjoy talking about it, especially if I can say the word bread. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> that drives me nuts. I I didn't think it was that bad. It could have been better. 
it it accomplished what you know the previous kind of remakes or things that come up like the glee episode and stuff like that that have come in the past it successfully brought people in the theater that's yeah. that's what these things do whether they're good or not it's more about they've put more butts in seats and when you and when you see them and then it it tempts you to go see uh, the original movie out in, in the theater near you, you discover it's like, oh yeah, this is actually kind of better. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it has Tim everything Curry. Tim Curry makes everything okay. <laughs> well, yeah, Tim Curry in his prime. Yeah, true. Oh, Tim Curry oh. is just the best. Agreed. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, a lot of people had a major issue with it because they felt like it was going to try to take over Rocky. And it's like, no, it's more of a tribute if you watch it. This is just a tribute. You've got to no, believe. <laughs> you get, out, get out of my head, Ash. <laughs> He's going to get it's a not the, It's not the greatest movie in the world. It's, it's just a tribute. <laughs> yeah. So... Oh man! But oh dear! As far as the podcast is concerned, though, um, <laughs> yeah, that's <a> subject. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, Dawn and I were thinking about you know doing like some sort of movie podcast or something like that. But then a friend of ours, uh, uh, Amy, who was supposed to be on the podcast tonight but wasn't able to last second, uh, she had this idea of wanting to do sort of a Rocky Horror type thing, and we just decided to go along with that and. I happen to have all the equipment because I do sound for a living. Um, and so we just, you know, that just took our, just took off was the idea. And then a lot of the time there's not a whole lot of news yeah. <laughs> about Rocky. So we sort of morphed into sort of a general geekdom as well. People always bemoan the the lack of interaction that's coming into civilization because of this evolution of video and everything with culture is isolating people more and more and, and they are losing that experience of being in a room and you're just watching something on your phone and having that experience with a group of strangers is something that doesn't happen at all. Do you see Rocky going away anytime soon? Or do you think people are always going to show up to this and go, wow, this is so cool that we are all here in this room, having this experience, watching this movie. I think that, it generally is something that will be around as long as the theaters permit it to be around because there's always those people on the edge of society that don't fit in anywhere and they tend to gravitate towards a scene like Rocky and they fit in there better than in the general public, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It seems like there's very much of a familial aspect to the shadow casts and just people who go to the screenings. It's a much more of like a, we're all in this together. I found my people more than I don't want to say other films, but like other things you can do together. And the fact that it is welcoming to everybody, it seems again, something that's maybe harder to find nowadays. Are you feeling like you're seeing that, that you have that family aspect Apart from the fact that the two of you are dating, which kind of <laughs> ruins it, Thanks. I still think that is. I still think that is true to a certain extent. That Rocky still remains um, uh, a home for those who the, the freaks and geeks, as it were. 
mm-hmm. um, the people who don't feel like they belong. You know, maybe it's there are other things out there in the world I know that are kind of counterculture that 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 can beckon and be kind of uh, a different sort of tribe for a different sort of people. But um, Rocky has always been sort of like this is a place where you are welcome to be as you wish to be um, the, the self that you want to express as opposed to the self that perhaps is uh, pressed upon you by either your family or, or society in general. And it's very interesting to also be uh, if you're, you know, kind of part of Rocky in one place, I can go somewhere else go to another Rocky show and I have my own, I have another community right there. That's, you know, and I'm sure there's other places, things like that, but that's one of the things I found was I can visit a place, just go see their local cast and suddenly I have a community that understands everything. Yeah. We yeah. I've heard it. I've, the country. <laughs> I, I've heard it called the world's strangest fraternity. Yep. <laughs> Though it's funny, that's hilarious. Though it's grown, it's grown far beyond what it used. It it grown is grown to a different thing more than used to be because the movie used to be this really you know cult classic, really you know provocative movie. Now and nowadays, it's pretty tame. But it's mostly now it's about the culture more than it is just about this movie. (laughs) Is there? I mean, obviously, you've been. I mean, at this point, probably thousands of performances and and screenings, showings. Is there any particular time or something that happened at a particular event that really stands out as either that was the greatest time ever or, oh, my God, what just happened? (laughs) Well, for me, I would say late 80s, early 90s. It was we were always sold out always just packed and there were so many people it seemed like that was sort of my highlights sure and um after that it kind of declined for a while and then it came back up and you know i've been off and on for a long time i get tired of it and i go away and then i come back and i get sucked (laughs) back in so i mean every cast is different so you know uh, when I came back the last time I was more of just sort of a, um, what's the word, babe? Uh, when you came back, when I came back, I was an advisor more than I didn't really perform or anything, but we did have a night where we did a hell night is what they call it. When you switch people around and stuff. And this particular one was drawn out of a hat. So that night they had everybody draw their parts out of a hat and we didn't tell anybody, but I was also involved. And I happened to draw Columbia, which was the first part oh. I ever played. And so I got to play it like one That's last awesome. time. And I probably will never play again. So I got to start and stop at the same <laughs> point. <laughs> so it was just kind of really cool. And I was so happy when I got that part because it's like, yes, I know this one really well. <laughs> so... I'd say that's a highlight for me. I don't know about these guys. <laughs> for me, it's probably uh, when I played Frankenfurter for the first time because uh, before it was just more, to me, it was very much just a imitation sort of situation, which it is. 
but it was more, you know, I'm just having fun playing the movie. But when I did Frank, it felt more like I was acting, and I acted since high school. It was just like there was some deep emotion that came with that. Where like at the end of the movie, when takeover happens, when uh, Riff and Magenta burst through the door and are about to kill Frank, I spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, Frank, you know, there was just this emotional release, like, what the heck did I just go through? <laughs> and I just gone through this whole ra- realm of emotion. And I remember that specifically very clearly, you know, just like the first time where I felt like, you know, I'm actually acting doing this imitation thing. Be sure to follow Why the Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check out our YouTube channel for some additional great Why content. If you're so inclined, please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. The show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sove and Sandy Stone. Our web producer is Tenley Mustonen. Our graphic designer is Samantha Mustonen. The theme song was performed by the Electrosynthomagnetic Polyphonic Orchestra. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home. Test to absent friends.